I think there's no secret to why Gingerbeard's Preserves is called Gingerbeard. No. Is there? I mean, no. it's obvious. It's some it's some Scottish guy that's decided to live in Bristol with a great big gingerbeard. Is that is that best way to put it? Well, yeah, if it, uh, if it was us, it'd be, it'd be graveyards, but... <laughs> <laughs> is that a Game of Thrones character? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, it's Lord of the Rings, I think. I can't remember. Anyway, that's who we are with. Harry, thanks for joining us, man. I really, um, really appreciate you. Have I got the description right? You're Scottish with a great, with a great big ginger beard, right? Uh, yeah, that's about <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking it. Um, that's where the names come from. I've made an assumption here. Indeed. Right. I mean, there is the chance that in a few years I might have to rebrand this great beard. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, you do the Billy Connolly thing and start dyeing it multiple colours and stuff, man. You'll be fine. Right, yeah. I'm not sure about that. But, I, know. Um, yeah, I keep toying with that idea, actually. It's like I want to. I might. I might have to colour mine because I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Main, I'm not even grey anymore. I'm mainly white for the most part. So uh, yeah. Anyway, I die. I digress. So we are sat in your production unit in Bristol. Yeah. Um, surrounded by countless jars and boxes and production equipment and the first thing that's in the corner of my eye that i'm immediately interested in is you've got what looks like an oak barrel uh, on its side there yes that's correct gonna are um, we allowed to know more uh so this was uh in its first life a um, red wine barrel for, uh, from france okay is um, it french oak then it's yeah. french oak i believe okay um it was then um used by wiper and true brewery in Bristol to age beer in, and they aged two different beers in it over the course of five years, if my memory serves me correctly. Wow. Um, and then in 2020, we acquired the barrel from them and the beer that was in it um, and produced our uh, a fig and sour cherry Christmas chutney using that beer and That's then it. aged that chutney in the barrel for six months. Nice. Um, and then we released that and, and sold that um a couple of years ago now, well, 18 months ago. Uh-huh. Um, and when we emptied it, we refilled, we cleaned and sterilized the barrel uh-huh. and then refilled it um, with a whole grain beer mustard um, um, with, made with um, Keller Pills, so a beer from uh, Wiper and True, uh, from Lost and Grounded. Lost and Grounded, sorry, Keller's, yeah, Keller yeah. Pills. Um, and that uh, whole grain mustard has been aging in there for almost 18 months now. Wow. Um, uh, we've not tasted it in about five or six mm-hmm. um and when we did taste it so this probably back in october last year um it was tasting fantastic so we got we obviously kept some of the non-barrel aged version of the mustard so we could taste the two against each yeah, other to figure cool. out yeah. yeah um the the difference that the barrel aging is having and um we weren't quite happy with the amount of wood flavor coming through from the the barrel okay. um although the mustard itself is tasting absolutely fantastic and mm-hmm. is phenomenally different from the non-barrel aged version we just want to leave it in for a little bit longer because i mean it's it's barrel aging it's slow yeah slow food in that sense it's um it shouldn't be rushed yeah um so yeah we're looking at tasting it again uh at some point in the next couple of months and nice. seeing where it's at dude that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. i mean because that's a labor of love really um but you've got to be patient with something like that yeah for you, sure yeah you yeah. know um you're effectively you know from a what you call black and white business perspective, you're tying up money. Uh, do you know what I mean? And it's effectively sitting there in a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> so it. yeah, it is, it's, yeah. And then, yeah, um, you so say you've got to be sure that it's it's coming out how you want it to be. And it, there yeah. is, you know, we, we've heard stories of barrel aging where people have, have left it for 18 months and actually not gone into taste or done anything with it. And what they've come up to against is, is a barrel of mold and things. <laughs> well, it's tricky. It's, it's a big, yeah. expensive experiment, essentially. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's 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 good fun as well, you know. So oh, absolutely. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, um, 
project to, to go. Why to not? Do. Well, that's, um, that's one of the things I think with your range is what we find is that you 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 seem to have like a core range, but you, um, well, how many products have you got now? Because it, it's, it's more than like 12. <laughs> yes, yes, a lot. So in, in actual fact, we, we launched with 12 products back in 2014. Oh, did you? Well so we started with 12 products <laughs> right. and it's only grown from there. Right. Um, uh, I think we're producing at the moment between 50 and 60 different products. Wow. Um, but we do have a slight, a, a small discontinued list going on this year. Okay. Um, just due to, uh, we just don't have the capacity to continue producing yeah. that volume of products. Um, so we had to make the very difficult decision to, to um, discontinue some. Um, some of them, though, we are keeping and we're going to produce as limited edition products. Yeah. So, for example, we make a, a hot, sweet and hot lime pickle, mm -hmm. um, which is made with uh, ghost peppers and Trinidad scorpions. Oh, wow. um, it's, a, it's a good seller, yeah. but we already have an original lime pickle, which we sell a, large, a lot more of. So the sweet and hot lime pickle we're going to produce once a year as a special limited edition version of that. Yeah. So we're going to keep it, but we're not going to have it available all year round. Yeah. Um, and the same sort of story with a few other different products well yeah how good for you man i mean it's that's a lot to keep up with <laughs> it's a lot to keep up with yeah. it's a lot to keep up with is what how how many of you are here now uh so within within the the, the production unit there's three of us okay um and you got people moment. out and about doing um, doing your shows and whatnot and we've got, we got a small team of market staff as well yeah to um, events and food festivals and stuff like that yeah um, but yeah we're, we're, we're hopefully looking to bring someone else into the unit as well coming into into the spring when, when we get a little bit busier yeah um yeah okay cool so you mentioned beer um so one of the things that again that both nick and i have always enjoyed about your products is that you tend to be very collaborative with local breweries um in bristol can you kind of expand on that a bit because you literally seem to use everyone that's brewing anything here which is great <laughs> i mean it's not like you're just with yeah. one, one particular brewery you'll happily use anything um well, not, not anything but you'll you happily use all of them um so how did that kind of come about that's right well uh, when so when i first started the business um one, we wanted to do something a little bit different than your average um, preserve slash uh -huh. hot sauce um, manufacturer was doing. Um, and at the time, I was working as a chef and cooking a lot at home as well. Yeah. Um, and I was really starting to get into into beers um, and very, not just beers, but lots of different types of alcohol as well uh, and cooking with it. And um, so we just kind of went out and spoke to, uh, I think initially it was about three local breweries saying this is what we want to do. Yeah. Um, so we, we spoke with more Bristol Beer Factory and another brewery that's closed since then, which is Tolls by Nails. Oh yeah. Um, so we we initially brought out um, a range of product, uh, a, a product with each of those guys. Yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of expanded from there, really. And okay. Um, we in some cases we get in touch with breweries when we want to re release a new product and we like their beer. Yeah. Um, uh, or in some cases they get in touch with us saying, oh, we're looking to do something a little bit different. Yeah. We like what you do. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nice when the world is collaborative. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Has there been uh, any beers that you've tried and you've just, when you've tried it, you've gone, I know what I could put with that to make a, a sauce or. Uh, there's, there's, there's a few. Yeah. But one that stands out in, in particular is our, um cinder toffee mustard barbecue sauce um which is so it's like new bristol beer factory new, new, uh, bristol, new bristol brewery, brewery sorry yeah, new bristol bristol beer. Beer. Yeah. oh yeah so right. it uses their um cinder toffee which is a yeah essentially a crunchy bar flavored stout yeah um and we're to so this uh, this product actually produced in collaboration with another company as well that 
um, do sort of mac and mac and cheese and oh, yeah. uh, mustard. A mustard barbecue sauce is a good mac yeah. and cheese topper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good condiment for mac and cheese. Um, and we were talking through different types of products that we could use to pair with their mac and cheese. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, oh, we don't want to do a, um, a normal barbecue sauce because we've already got a barbecue sauce in our range. And we don't want to sort of duplicate the yeah. two, have two different products in that yeah, sense. Makes so, sense. Um, yeah, makes They're like, oh, we don't have a mustard barbecue sauce. And now it's like, oh, I bet that that um, crunchy bar flavor stout would make a yeah. really yeah. nice yeah. base for a mustard barbecue sauce. Oh, there you go. Um, and it does, and it's a very pro- popular product Oh, as good. Well. There you go. Nice. That's win-win then. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I've got, yeah. I've got to play it to a cliche, and apologies in, in some respects, but... Being from Scotland, you're not. You're not. We're not going to see a buck fast sauce at any point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. That's not something that's ever crossed my mind. Before, that's an interesting concept, to be fair. Um, um, if, you, if you make one, it. I don't want to try it. But yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no. Um, so I, a lot of my um, earlier, my early early adulthood was spent drinking buck fast. So it's something that I'm not sure I still like, or if I'm. I've had too much of it that I'm gonna. It's it's not something I want to try again. But I've, I've, I've certainly not had buckfast in a, in many a year. <laughs> yeah, I had that quite a lot of my youth. I can't I can't right. touch Jack Daniels anymore and stuff like that. Okay. Not that I want to anyway. I prefer a decent bourbon, but yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> no, I was going to say, but Buckfast is a, is a weird one because it's from uh, from Devon, but 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 drunk in in Scotland, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's an old one. Yeah, so I always remember the first time I found out where um, Buckfast was made. We were on a holiday in Cornwall. This is when I still lived in Scotland, um, and we were driving back up the road. And it's like, oh, there's Buckfast happening, like in in De- is it Devon or yeah, Cornwall? I'm not uh, sure. It's uh, Devon, one, aren't it, I think. I think, yeah, I think it's Devon as yeah. well. Actually, I need to. Oh, yeah, it's been a long time to me yeah. to, to deal with it. So, because I used to work for an alcohol um, uh, exporter and importer and. Obviously, that was a, it was a product we dealt with, but we, it was ninety nine percent of it was shipped up north. Yeah, so it was <laughs> it's just yeah. where it all went. But it's funny. So, so we, of course, decided to visit um, Buckfast Abbey, and we we go in. It's like go and yeah. then go into the shop. It's like so, so. Where's all the Buckfast? And all they've got it. They got this n- nice little gift shop, um, full of like your usual sort of Abbey yeah. tourist sort of, touristy sort of shop. Um, and then just behind the counter, there's like one line of bottles of Buckfast, and it's like. Wow, it must not be a very big seller. <laughs> <Yeah. thing. laughs> no, yeah. it's funny. I think yeah. you'd be our push to actually find it yeah. outside of the Abbey. When yeah. it, I mean, it's just not a done thing, is it? So uh, it's, 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 it's funny. So um, for people that may not have heard of you before, let's uh, what's your website? So let's let's get your website. Let's, uh, let's our website is just straight up um, www.gingerbeardspreserves.co.uk. Gingerbeardspreserves.co.uk. Okay. So if somebody's looking on your website for the first time and they want to try maybe say three of your products, what should they go for? Oh, uh, I would say definitely our beer, bacon and chili jam, mm-hmm. um, which is one of our best sellers made with cascabel chilies. Oh yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, Mexican chili. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at the time of listening to this podcast for the first time, our brand new, um, limited release hot curry mustard um, okay. which is a limited edition of our um, original curry mustard which i've uh, had made yeah. with uh, cayenne chili powder mm-hmm. um so it's uh mellow and aromatic with a, a medium sort of heat coming through from the chili it's nothing bonkers mm-hmm. um it's lovely if you're a mustard fan you've got to try it okay um and um thirdly i would say our habanero hot sauce um mm-hmm. It was our first hot sauce. It's still our best hot selling hot sauce. Um, it accounts for more than fifty percent of our hot sauce sales. Although we currently are about six uh, different hot sauces. Yeah. Available, I think. 
Okay. It's just a nice straight up. Uh, it produced, so I should say it's produced in collaboration with Atomi, which are a little Mexican shop mm-hmm. um, here in Clifton and Bristol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we got together with, together with them about six years ago. Uh, and Alex, who is Mexican, was, was there and we just went around to their house and um, uh, just did a few different variations. And he was on the phone to his mum back in Mexico. He was like, oh, why would you do this? Some some tweaks for the recipe. Um, and um, and the sauce is very much um, still in its original, with a few, few minor tweaks along the way, yeah. but it's still to its original recipe. It's just a fresh, fruity, medium to medium hot. Yeah sauce that's a good sort of everyday sauce that can go on anything if that ain't um, broke why but, fix it right yeah that's it yeah yeah um, so if you want just a nice everyday hot sauce that'd be the one to go for yeah, yeah absolutely so do you think so one of the things we we find and, and you're probably in a better position to state this than us um is are you finding that people are seeking out specific peppers now in a sauce if you sort of mean do you think do you feel that people isn't just a case of you know mild medium hot extra hot are you finding that people are you know you mentioned cascabel you've mentioned like scorpion and ghost pepper are you finding that people are asking you and saying do you have anything with the following in or is that not so much for you um it, it so if i'm out in a bit of markets mm-hmm. yes, yes it is but yeah. not everywhere so i mean mm-hmm. because, because Yes, we do produce a range of hot sauces and a range of um, condiments made with chilies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also produce a large range of products without any chili in them as well. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the events we do are not necessarily specialists, mm-hmm. chili festivals or events like that. And in those particular, so if it's just your average food festival, not necessarily do we get many people asking for specific chilies. Um, but... Uh, at chili festivals and more specialist sort of chili events, yes, I would say definitely there is more yeah. more people that are clued up on different types of chili and are interested in finding out about new chilies. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I myself, when I'm at market speaking to um, customers, I do have a tendency to go off on a bit of a random rant about <laughs> certain products and what's in certain products. So I'm in some cases probably telling them about different chilies that are in them even though they may not have asked or want to know anything yeah. about it so i do i do go on about and and especially things like cascabel because cascabel is very um it's not a very well known chili it's a it's a very nice chili. it's a lovely chili as well from my point of view um and it's got some some nice quirky sort of um stories behind it and stuff like yeah that. Yeah. yeah we were chatting to um Sh- um Sh- from hot heads and he was saying it's like the, the chili festivals i i i, I have seen it at some food festivals They've gone away from people going, coming up to you and going, what's, what's your hottest? And it's now people, as you were saying, and yeah. Jay said, people wanted to know more about the actual products. And that's it. And provenance as well. I mean, a yeah. lot of people are mentioning provenance to us. People want to know about food miles, where it's come from, what's inspired you. They want to know more about yeah. the people Definitely. behind it, which which I like. I mean, I always, you know, as, as an ex-producer, I kind of liked that challenge. Um, and also, uh, I think any good producer will also be able to explain how to use a product well. Um, and I think that can separate a good one from a bad one sometimes <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it, it bugs it bugs me, and I may have mentioned this on another podcast, but when you see that, just try on chicken and fish, but that means nothing because, you know, what cut of the chicken? Because actually, you know, breast versus sort of fire or leg, you know, you've got two very different sets of meat there on fish. Well, hang on a minute. Are we talking something oily and rich like salmon or mackerel? Or are you going for like, you know, give, well, I want more information. And I think 
here in the UK, I think we're thirsty for that knowledge now. We like our food, um, but we, we like buying from our, our local producers as well. But um, it's, it's, I don't know, I mean, maybe you can argue differently, but to me, I think, I think that's what we're, that's no. what we see from the outside looking in, I suppose. I 100% agree. And yeah. that's, so uh, as long as when I'm saying I'm doing, having rants, at, well, not necessarily rants, mm. but I'm con continuing to tell people at markets about specific products, um, I could list on uh, with every all of our products. Basically, I could I got ten uh, fingers on my hands, and I could say you can use it with this, this, mm. this one goes with mackerel. If they come up yeah. and say, "Oh, I'm looking for something to go with salmon," I would say, "Well, I've got three products within our range that I would personally suit uh, have with salmon, um, yeah. like our sweet chili sauce, sweet chili limoncello works well with salmon, but I would probably not eat it with mackerel because it's it's a stronger flavored fish that mm. I don't think would work well with." No. Um, and people are hungry for that, and yeah. I think it's it is um, it's something that I tell people. But it's probably I probably get asked that more than I get asked um, what kind of chilies are you using? Yeah, um, because of the type of events yeah. that we do. So how do you how do you determine to what, what how do you determine what product you're going to make next? I mean, are you, are you is it one of these like one day you've just got an idea or you see something or do you? like look at what you might call food trends or predictive food trends or how uh, it's, it's a bit of it's a bit of both it's a bit yeah. of everything it's all um yeah it's, it's i don't think there's just one thing that says what we're going to make or develop next um we have a large range of different products so we've got traditional jams to traditional chutneys to curry condiments hot sauces um so in one sense, we don't want to duplicate too many things that we have in our range. So we don't want to make three different types of mango chutney. So we've got a mango chutney. It's a very big seller for us. We don't want to make another mango chutney because it, it works and we, we have a strong following for that. Mm -hmm. One way that we do look at developing new products, um, we get together with other people. So as mm -hmm. you said earlier, um, a lot of our products are produced in collaboration mm -hmm. um, with other companies from um breweries uh to cider manufacturers to spirits manufacturers to shops mm -hmm. to street food outfits um so for example last year we released a buffalo hot sauce um and that's produced in collaboration with um los hermanos who's so mm -hmm. guy who makes like lovely chicken um and he'd been using our sauces uh on his street food stall for a number of years and mm -hmm. Um, we'd never really asked or we never really spoken about doing anything together and then one day it just kind of was like oh should we yeah, yeah why not do this and what should we do and then it's like something to go with what he does yeah um and it's like oh we don't have a we don't have a buff buffalo sauce in our range and okay um it is it is a classic style of sauce whereas some of our other sauces perhaps are not um based on a traditional kind of style of hot sauce if you will they're sort yeah. of our own adaptations of what we want a hot sauce to be yeah so there might yeah. not be anything else quite like them out there on the market yeah um which is in in a sense i guess it's unusual for us because a lot of our products are quite quirky and unique and they're very different from anything else out there whereas this with this one we kind of went back to the yeah uh, something that is a commonly found style of sauce out there yeah um, but nice. it was what he it, we wanted to tweak it a little bit so it's, it's a little a little tweak on the the traditional but trying to keep within the same that classic style of sauce as yeah well. absolutely but, but have you tried with the uh with the buffalo sauce that since you start producing it more and more people seem to know what it is where obviously but you, you go back a couple of years and people weren't having like 
wing sources and that sort of stuff and it seems to improve as the years have gone on yeah so. definitely a lot it, it, actually from from the get-go it's been a strong seller for us um and it, before people have even tried it they're like oh buffalo sauce we need a buffalo sauce so yeah it's they know what it is they're buying it yeah. because of, they know what it is if that makes sense um whereas if we're for example uh another sauce we released last year which was our eighth anniversary sauces uh Am- an amarillo and scotch bonnet sauce mm-hmm. so it's like twist on a sort of peruvian style sauce mm-hmm. um and the fact that we actually made it with a beer vinegar so it's, it's vinegar based but it's okay. a beer vinegar that's in it um yeah and that one like people would not just pick it up and buy it they mm. they want more information about what it is because it's not a yeah. classic style sauce if that makes sense yeah um, yeah absolutely but i mean and, it's, it's and, would work though i can yeah. I, it's, i'm just thinking in my head that um amarillo and, and scotch bonnet i mean that that i can i can my tongue will taste that. Do you know it's almost like psychosomatic? But you know, that's it. You've got a yeah, um, Peruvian and a Brazilian pepper that have both got big fruit notes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, okay. And it's got so, <laughs> uh, it's it's an interesting sauce. Like, yeah. We were we were actually going to um, enter it into uh, your awards. All right, yeah. But because it was a limited one off. Uh, so when we first applied, we're like, "Oh, we'll, we'll do that one." And we came around to filling in the paperwork and getting the story. <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at it, and, and Claire's saying, "Why are you entering that? You've only got about 100 bottles left." Oh. Um, and uh, so we're like, "Oh, maybe." Uh, but I say limited edition. It, it 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 was intended as a completely one-off, so it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we're not actually going to produce that one again, yeah. which is why um, why we decided against it. And and it was a very nice sauce, and it did sell quite well. Um, yeah. Um, but something else exciting coming back to the barrel aging, uh-huh. the, the big barley sauce. So just around the corner, you can't quite see it from here. Um, but we've got another um, 50 litre um, wooden barrel, um, which is an ex-bourbon barrel. Oh, nice. Um, and we got that from another brewery, and which was, again, used to age beer after it had uh, okay. bourbon in it. So that's going to be American oak this time? Uh, I believe Canadian, so. Canadian, possibly? Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure without looking at all the paperwork yeah. they've got on it. Um, but um, uh, so when we produced our eighth anniversary sauce of the Amarillo and Scotch bonnet, um, we also produced um, an extra 50 litres of this sauce uh-huh. and put it back in to the barrel. Okay, cool. Um, so we're fermenting a version of this eighth okay. anniversary sauce to potentially release as our 10th anniversary sauce in two years' time. Um, and as I said, we, we've opened up this mustard barrel and checked it. With the one we've got fermenting in there, we're, we're a bit more, we're not, at the moment, we're thinking we're probably not going to open it because we don't want to um, let any air into it well, because yeah. that can potentially, with fermentation, it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it can infect the product mm-hmm. in there. Uh, so I think there's a good chance we're going to leave it in there for two years and then um, crack it open and see see yeah. what happens. Sort, <laughs> sort of thing. So it's, again, it's, it's a big experiment. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's nice. To, yeah, I'm going back to the buffalo sauce. So it's it's nice to know that you're doing that because I think I think we've seen growth in what you might call the wing culture. Yeah. Here, um, finally. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's things like Wingfest. The uh, yeah. festival has definitely helped with that. I think. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. We attend five um, of the Wingfest each a, year. There's, there's a lot more. of other small producers, mm-hmm. our sort of size, I'm aware, that make various different wing sauces. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a lot of really nice wing sauces out in the market. Um, from small, yeah. some, from small producers these days. Yeah, awesome um, classics. But then, so so coming back onto how we got onto all this, yeah. which was what did what did you say? You said uh, how did you get inspiration and ideas mm. for new recipes? So, um, so there's getting together with people like that, and then so the, the Amarillo sauce, we were actually approached pro, approached by the brewery uh-huh. um, because they had heard we had been doing barrel aging 
with Viper and True, and they're like, mm-hmm. we've got a vast warehouse of barrels um, of um, vinegars and be- barley beers, so we want to buy some sort of mm-hmm. um, collaborations in that sense. So, uh, so we got together with them, and they they quite they they pushed us to do to potentially put together flavors that we would not have mm. thought to come up with ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's a very it's a very collaborative way of developing and yeah coming up with new and different flavors and products it's nice it's great yeah. i mean barrel aging as well i mean it, it's like fermenting we're finding is quite a big deal at the moment yeah barrel aging i would like to see more of. Yeah. And we tend to find it more from like uh europe and they seem to be doing quite a lot or south right. or south africa is another one but um yeah it's like i i've never really messed with it that much and i'd like i personally would like it at home it's actually something you can do quite quite easily if you can just get a couple of bits and pieces to yeah. to do it obviously it's the acquisition of the barrel I mean, a used barrel in my opinion is always better um if, if you can get it you definitely um, want to use barrel i use uh alcohol barrel some kind yeah um see it's... i favor american i do because of the 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 flavor of the oak um you've got all that vanilla and like sort of woody yeah. spices that come through french is a, is a different profile altogether so it is but, it's a it's, but, a it's a it's a very personal but it's right ingredients, the, isn't it? It's right it's, ingredients. And, it, right and it's what you're, yeah. that's it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, even for us, this, like, this is early experiments. We hope to, mm. at some point, expand our barrel aging um, yeah. sort of projects. Um, but there's still, I mean, when one, I have no um, sort of background in barrel aging food of any kind. So yeah. I don't want to jump in and um, wax. I mean, that barrel's what, 1,200 jars of mustard in it. So yeah. that's a lot. If that doesn't work, we don't we don't want 10 of those sitting there. Uh, really that not. <laughs> accumulates to a lot of wasted money, yeah. but a lot of wasted products and a lot yeah. of not good for the environment uh, no. along the way as well. well yeah, exactly. Day. Exactly. Um, fortunately, um, Darren, who you met just, yes. so he's got a background in, in brewing. So he used, to oh, be, he used to be a brewer. Um, and he's got extensive experience within in barrel aging and and, yeah. and brewing, so he brings a lot to to the business in that sense as well. Mm. So, oh, um, I made a um, a mead vinegar, which I barrel aged. So this okay. is years and years and years back. I just wanted to try it, and it was I tell you what, it was absolutely superb at um, cleaning my drains. So it was bad. It was so bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I've just forgot about it for the most part and it just became awful. Yeah. So there is, you do have to, it's tricky, isn't it? And it's that balance of keeping an eye on it, but not being too eager to, to, to yeah, get that barrel open. Yeah, so, you don't want to affect what's in there. Yeah, I don't have um, any. <laughs> but coming to balancing, somebody, and I can't remember who it was or what the company's called, but somebody told me about a company in North Wales um, that they've recently discovered. And this company is... Um, making vinegar, uh, barrel aged vinegars in old uh-huh. Scotch whiskey barrels. Oh, nice. Um, okay, yeah. And said that they were absolutely phenomenal vinegars. Super. Uh, I, I'm yet to, I, I, I'd be meaning to, it was, it was only the other day, yeah. I just can't remember who it was, but um, I, I'm going to be meaning to look into it and because um, I'm all over that sort of stuff. Myself, yeah, so, I like stuff like that. Um, yeah. I oh, will keep an eye out if you're going to do something with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the whiskey as well. Um, so, Got uh, just a little bit more about you then. So, what are your two favourite chilies? As I know, I want you driving and you're fresh. What are you going for? Uh, fresh would have to be um, habanero. Okay. Um, Orange, red, uh, red. Mm-hmm. Just okay. I love I love the heat of it, the flavour of it. I mean, it's it's a close tie with with a Scotch bonnet chili, I guess. But they're mm-hmm. they're not they're they're a similar sort of yeah. flavour, if you will. I just like habanero's got something about it that yeah. it's it's the perfect level of heat for me. Um, I love the fruity flavour of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, just yeah, 
that's yeah. that's the one for me. This, uh, and we're talking just a good old, not the red Savina, but the, the good old classic red hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's okay, it. Cool. Yeah. Always and dried. Um, dried is a tricky one. It's. I, I'm a big fan of cascabel chili, uh-huh. as I think you've probably got that. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that nickname on that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I've potentially overdone it in recent years. So, um, I've been eating a lot more ancho chili. Um, uh-huh. Uh, Mexican cuisine is my f- is probably up there and, and is probably my favorite cuisine. So I love yeah. we we do uh, a lot of Mexican cooking at home and um, I like playing around with a lot of different Mexican chilies. And I've been to Mexico as well and we yeah, came back with a bag full of different dry different dry chilies. Um, uh, again, I do I do like chipotle as a dry chili, mm. um, um, but I, I think I overdid that best part of a decade ago when it was all over the place. And, yeah. Um, so we do we do use it, but again in in, Me- in Mexican cooking and when I'm when we're making just sort of um, fresh sort of salsas at home, we tend to use a blend of chilies. We mm-hmm. tend to use the same just what just have a a single chili um, yeah. in them. Um, so I do like blending uh, those three chilies actually: ancho, um, cascabel, and um, chipotle together. Okay, um, work quite yeah, that's with, nice with, nice with blend, isn't things. it? Do you ever ever uh, thought about making a mole for market? Or do you think we're not quite there yet in the UK? I think probably a lot of people will just not understand it or know how to use it, make it. Mm. Um, it's, uh, I, I, we had to talk about go, visiting Mexico. We had uh, uh, chicken mole out there and it mm-hmm. was phenomenal and very, very nice. Do you know what type of it's mole? Because obviously mole isn't just or, one style, is it? You yeah, know, like memory mole, doesn't, yeah. is not that yeah. good to unfortunately. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it was so, memory served, we had it somewhere in Oaxaca and we had it out at a restaurant. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Um, but um, we we bought some of the cooking pots back, and if you um, you can you can buy imported mole sauces up in Otomi as well. They got mm-hmm. some nice ones up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there would be a big enough market for it in the UK at the moment. Would be my inkling. Uh, and we've tried some wacky flavors like before, and and so sales have been okay. But you get one in a hundred people that knows what it is, and yeah. then a two in a hundred people will buy it to try it out. But yeah. it's there's no point in making no. something that is not selling at the no, end of the day. I don't think there's a market um, for it yet. And although what the product is, is lovely and it's fantastic yeah. and it's for people to know what it is, they're going to enjoy it very much. Yeah. Not enough people, not enough people know what it is. And it, it's like, so I, I, I also, as I said, used to work as a chef and um, like we do a, a, there'd be a special board up in the evening. Uh, and do you, do you know what Morcia is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's your Spanish sort of black pudding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you write that up, right? Yeah. It is for sure. It's a very, it's lovely. It's uh, nice and a lot of the black pudding you get in this country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, other than potentially storing away black pudding, it's a, a big fan of that stuff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so you put you write up a, a starter with whatever and, and morcia, uh, and no one orders it because nobody knows what morcia is. But you just change the wording and write heat with black pudding, yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's the best selling dish because people yeah. know what yeah. black pudding is. So. It's just a thing like if people yeah. don't understand the word because it's not a common word used within our yeah. language they're not gonna buy it because yeah. they don't know what it is unfortunately um, yeah so until something like that or until a very famous chef cooks it on national tv and yeah. releases a recipe book with it and then all of a sudden everyone knows what it is then yeah that's what's well, worked for things like kimchi matcha green tea do you know what I mean? yeah, there are things it. that are that and find their way into yeah. our cuisine eventually so that's you it. never know and until someone does uh, until someone really famous and really yeah well heard <laughs> does this sort of thing it's, it's a good chance that something like moly is not going to become yeah very um 
that is going to become no, known. Again. Okay, so if you're yeah. listening, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know, that's that's my opinion on it. Anyway, it's, See, it's uh, a great. But yeah. no, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, obviously, we could keep talking all day, but um, yeah. you know, as, as with all these things, we run out of time, don't we? But yeah. um, Harry, it's been incredibly interesting, mate. It really has. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll uh, well just remind people of the website address again. www.gingerbeardspreserves.co.uk Cool. All right, guys, check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on another podcast real soon. Cheers for now. If you'd like to learn more about the wonderful world of chilies, then don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube under Clifton Chili Club.